You're listening to the OneOfUs.net Podcast Network. This podcast brought to you by Oscar Blues Brewing. With four locations, Austin, Texas, Boulder, Colorado, Longmont, Colorado, and Brevard, North Carolina, it is the original craft brew in a can, and we recommend that you try it. And by our subscribers. You guys are the reason that we exist at all. You want to support OneOfUs.net? You enjoy these podcasts? Please think about becoming a subscriber. waiting so long for this day you have no idea i mean literally from the moment the credits ended on the first film which i still cry every time the first film oh, ends, yeah. just yeah. because it's over that's yes. it we don't get any more well now we get more it's the incredibles too there is a god <laughs> confirmed and, yeah and he takes a really long time to getting around to giving me the things that i want now yeah because we're going to be in our 60s by the time we get incredible three <laughs> you know like the hope is that this is going to perform Really well because the original was not considered a huge performer really for Pixar, no, it uh, which still shocks me because nine out of ten people I know have it in their top three Pixar movies, if mm-hmm. not number one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I mean, I realize I live in a bubble of very geeky superhero friendly types, but <laughs> I, I think it's 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 really aged well, and as. You know, you have to remember, two thousand four. You know, the Marvel universe has only been around for ten years. I mean, we we had we had the, the Spider Man franchise was starting to starting to cook, and people were like, "Hmm, the superhero thing, maybe there's something to it." But mm-hmm. you know, it, we did not have the same uh, you know superhero culture that we have today, and and so I think people kind of have gone back to the movie over the years and gone like, "Wow, this is a really good Fantastic Four movie." Yeah. Well, somebody <laughs> had done that. The only good yeah. Fantastic Four movie. <laughs> I mean, once again, we uh, Brad Bird is in charge because I think I would have been immediately much more suspicious of this whole thing if he sure. wasn't. Yeah, uh, to be sure. Uh, and uh, it, Craig, thanks, Tomorrowland, for yeah. tanking. <laughs> Craig T. Nelson as Mister Incredible, uh, or Bob Holly Hunter returns as Elastigirl or Helen. Uh, Sarah Vowell returns as Violet, and I believe. It's they got a, a new. They, they, they did get a yeah. new person Huck to play Milner. play Dash because Sarah Val was a grown, you know, a well grown woman when she did Violet the first time around. You know, Sarah Val is a, a NPR commentator, right? You know, has fame on her own. Uh, but uh, yeah, the, the the kid who played the original Dash has aged out at this point. And then Samuel Jackson returns as Frozone. Uh, Brad Bird is once again voicing. Yes, she's back. Edna Mode, who you thought she was great in the first one, this yeah. time. I mean, at this point, you're, you're, you're never going to have an Incredibles movie or, or thing of any, any merit without it mode. Nor should you. Uh, and there's, you know, a few other returns. Like, we, when we start off, we, we can see a, a little bit of the Underminer, because this starts yeah. right where the movie left. Yeah. Last old left uh, off old, old the, Cliffy Clavin, yeah. still doing a voice for that. <laughs> with the attack of the Underminer, uh, which in a spectacular giant action sequence, where they basically destroy half the city. Which, <laughs> yeah. Well, they, 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 it, it'd be like a, they destroy, like, the Miracle Mile in Chicago. So right. significant damage. Yeah, significant damage. And which, of course, is, leads into the, the big plot structure, as we saw in the last one. Superheroes are not technically legal uh, and these guys who've been you know the mom and dad have been doing this for a long time are not really thrilled about it. Uh, in fact, Bob was always working for an insurance company. Well, Bob is thrilled and thrilled about being a superhero again and yeah. any any that, that's one of the, the elements is that 
uh, they, they kind of portray Helen as, even though she she enjoyed the heck out of being a superhero, she is literally a law and order type. And she's like, this is against the law. We obey the law. What kind of example do you want to set for your kids? Whereas Bob is like, but I like being a superhero. Right. <laughs> and, and I hated being an insurance And agent. everything seems like it's going to come together when they meet uh, Evelyn and Winston D- uh, Devor, played by... Dever. Dever, as in Endeavor. Yeah. Uh, played by Bob Odenkirk and Catherine Keener, who come in and they're like, we love superheroes and we yeah. are super ridiculously wealthy and we've got a plan to make like you guys big and successful and do stuff that will let the government change their minds and overturn the superhero they, law. And they, they approach they approach Frozone and, and Bob and Helen and they're like, what we want to do is we, we, we want to bring heroes back into the limelight we want to introduce them slowly. We're going to do a beta launch. And the person best suited for that is Helen because, you know, no offense, Bob, you're a wrecking ball and Helen is a Swiss army knife and we need some precision for the, for the beta. Right. And of course that means, well, somebody's the, the job, the tables turn. Bob now long, no longer is the breadwinner. Helen is. And Bob's got to stay, learn how to be a stay at home dad. Yeah. And this is, Kind of the crux of the film is that sort of Bob who is used to a more traditional masculine role, learning to accept, well, understanding that there's there's nothing wrong with this, this is fine. He's having a hard time getting over his instincts of being a traditional, having a traditional masculine role, and I feel like that partially is the crux of this film. Is it, it is, that. and it's also, a, there, there's a little bit of a, you know, kind of a, you know, it's, it's like... Uh, Hey, Man of Steel sucked, but everybody liked Wonder Woman. <laughs> and there is that that edge where, where throughout the you know a good portion of the film, Bob is just like, but but I'm Superman. Yeah. I'm, everybody loves me. Why aren't I the guy who's in, out in the forefront? And it is fun that like like the action scenes are are through the first two thirds of this primarily Helen, and they do amazing stuff with her. It, it like, almost uh, yeah. is an Elastigirl yeah. movie, yeah, but. The funniest stuff is the stuff with Bob at home with the kids, because it gets into the whole thing where Jack-Jack, the little baby, has finally started to come into his power, z- of which he seemingly <laughs> like, has an endless stream of They them. They pretty much, like, dug up the grave of Chuck Jones to, to do this, like, you know, there there is this incredible sequence at the house with, a, with an animal, uh, <laughs> and, and, an animal who... May or may not be uh, uh, in the headlines lately. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that is, it, it, it's strictly amazing, but it, it's straight out of like one of those old uh, uh, Looney Tunes where uh, you you have the 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 innocent who keeps on getting into trouble and the the you know parental figure who's like ah. And that was my thing going into the movie is once I kind of realized that it was that those are the two kind of storylines that were going to be driving the movie. I was worried that it'd be a case of, you know, the movie, the Elastigirl stuff being really great, and then the stuff, you know, with uh, Mr. Incredible at Home would be still fun, but kind of feel secondary. Right. But the movie does a really good uh, good way of balancing the two of them, where you never feel that one storyline is more important than the other, you know, and they both uh, you find a way to kind of complement each other and come to a head really nicely at the end. Now, if there's any, like, issue I have with this movie, and it's not even really an issue, it's just, like, through... Having seen a shit ton of movies, you know, well, obviously there's got to be an antagonist in yes. somewhere. Yes. Who, how, how does this play out without them? And, and they set up this antagonist who's a mystery person. Mm-hmm. 
And it doesn't take much math to figure out. It's got to be rule one of, yeah, the, yeah. Of, of two people. That, that's the you know if, if you if you've read you know even if even a couple of comic books, there the 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 villain reveal in this is incredibly o- obvious. Uh, nothing really comes out of left field in, in that apartment. But the rest of this stuff holds up so well. You're just kind of like, yeah, fuck it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, this isn't even a question of you. You saw it coming. It's it's practically there from the beginning, and the 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 red herring is so red that it's it's glowing neon. <laughs> but that's cool. Also, uh, shout out to uh, local local actor Bill Wise, who is providing the uh, uh, the voice for uh, the screensaver. Uh, the, the screensaver, yeah. also AKA Nashville Bill, who's been in a number of things. Well, I did not a friend of mine. That. Yeah, well, fair. Well, and that's the thing is the movie's so light and breezy, especially by that point, um, by the time we get that reveal, where it bothers you for about a second, and then you're like, all right, well, we're just going to get on to the next thing. And then it just, the movie, it starts off slow, but it does such a great job of once it really picks up momentum, just building towards the end, mm-hmm. that the fact that that reveal is pretty telegraphed it doesn't even really kind of stick with you because yeah. you're just so like, all right, we're on to the next thing, we're on to the next thing, we're on to the next thing. And, and you know, Really laugh out loud, funny sequences, oh, especially yeah. once again. Anything with Jack, Jack, and Bob is just tr- d- yeah. terrific. And I mean, the kids really get yeah. a chance to come into their own and do their own thing as well. The one thing that I worried about upon you know kind of seeing the promotional materials for this is it's just like I don't I don't want this to be a series of baby jokes, yeah, right? Circuiting around around Jack, Jack, and not only do they 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 do a really good job of avoiding that. Uh, but they, uh, you know, the entire family, just like in the first movie, the entire family is just well represented. It's just like there's there's stuff for Dash to do, there's stuff for Violet to do. Uh, you know, they really do need to get superhero names, though. Just, <laughs> just, just saying, Brad. Uh, but uh, yeah, they're they're this pulls off a, a really good balancing act because. As as we we've acknowledged the the action scenes they're they're heavily Elastigirl weighted uh, because this is you know for the first part of the movie it's basically the the action stuff is a solo Elastigirl movie. Well, yeah. I love no, the way they yeah. find new ways to show cool things she can do with mm. that power. Yeah, definitely. You yeah. Know, uh, and there's there's this well there's this great action sequence in the last act where they're going up against an, a bunch of mind controlled other super, new superheroes <laughs> and one of them has the ability to create like like the game Portal portal yeah. holes. Oh my god, they do such amazing <laughs> stuff with that where you're just like this is this would be awesome and and in an Avengers movie to watch, mm-hmm. you know, sure. you're like this is really well planned out and fun and funny action sequences. Well, that was one of the things I was wondering about going into this movie was how would the action scenes and just the movie as a whole, you know, stack up when compared to the last 10, 15 years we've had of comic book movies. Right. And yeah, this movie does a really a really interesting job of kind of opening up this world and bringing in other superheroes and other powers, but doing them in a way that feels very very true to kind of the world that the first movie set up and also very, you know, inventive and original and, you know, like Elastigirl, we've had, you know, Fantastic Four movies in the interim. We've had movies with characters of these types of powers, but what this movie does, you know, especially like that train, uh, that whole train sequence in the middle of the movie, it's, it's so just like cool and, and original. And I just have a smile on my face because I'm watching it going like, huh, I never would have thought to stage a scene like this with somebody with these powers like this, you know, and yes. it's just, there's that just that spark, that same spark that the first movie had, you know, 14 years ago. Oh, this movie takes that. that. It has been that yeah, long, yeah. It's been <laughs> well, a long time. I felt, I felt so old watching this movie. Pixar, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. But this movie, it, it just it takes that same imagination of the first movie, and it kind of 
looks at a lot of the comic, comic book movies that have come in between and acknowledges them, but just kind of runs with it and does stuff like that whole portal fight scene where you're just like, this is the coolest thing I've seen in a while. Well, like, I, I want to, it's got to be said, Toxic Fandom is going to come out of the woodwork oh, yeah. about this one because, oh God, a superhero movie dared discuss gender role definitions. Yeah. And, uh, I mean that's that's just the world we live in. Please don't conflate the Incredibles. Movies well, it's with funny. Their I've fans. I've already read blowback in the coming from a direction I would not expect. You know, from from people on the like there. I think NPR. You know, something very left leaning going like, well, you know, the 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 idea that a that a, a stay at home dad is remarkable in this day and age is old hat. It's just like Jesus Christ. There's no pleasing you people. Yeah. Shut up. Well, <laughs> and that was part of it. Is I felt like the movie never treats it like it is something new. Exactly. It goes like well, even. By Bob gets it. He's like, yeah. yes, I totally understand. There's nothing wrong with this. This is normal, but it's still about him fighting his yeah. instinct like, of yeah. going. But like, I've never done it. But I've never done it. Why should I be expected mm-hmm. to? And him fighting that despite knowing, and it's all treated so matter of factly that the right. movie doesn't need to beat you over the head with it. It just no. is what it is. I don't think there there's there's anything in here that, that's that's pandering. No, I, or, I don't think or, so too. Or or. Ayn Rand worshipping <laughs> the other people out there. You people have too much time on your hands. Yeah, somebody described the first film as Ayn Rand's Fantastic Four, and I was like, what? Yes, and I know who that person yes, is. Yes, <laughs> um, Phil Lamar appears in here. Mm-hmm. Some of the, two of the different characters in here. Mm-hmm. Crush That's Hour, who, who can basically crush things. Big, dumb, crush mental. This is funny, because he, he's guy. a great big, huge guy, but his powers are all tele- telekinetically yeah. made. <laughs> <laughs> and then Halak who is pretty much, you can guess what that guy's powers are. Yeah. He's an electricity guy. Uh, Isabella Rossellini. Wow, that's like, what, mm. really? As, yeah. as the ambassador, who is not a superhero, but a person who they are, bad guys are trying to do Although the to, ambassador would be a really cool superhero. Would be a really cool superhero. <laughs> uh, Latanya Richardson-Jackson as Honey Best. Uh, it, this is... It gives you more of what you already know you liked and introduce introduces a lot of new elements to expand this universe mm-hmm. in a way that I certainly hope they don't wait another 14 years to getting around to do a third one. Mm-hmm. I mean, for fuck's sakes, guys, there's three Cars movies and, like, four spinoffs. I think you can refocus on The Incredibles. But let's go to uh, final thoughts, and why don't you start us out, Ian? Um, yeah, it's it's funny because, uh, you know, I remember, you know, watching the first Incredibles uh, opening day, you know, when it came out, and just being so jazzed by walking out, just, you know, being on air. I mean, like, I want another one right now. And then, you know, and then, and then, and then you get car sequels and all this stuff. And it's like, why aren't we making an incredible sequel? Well, we finally got it. And it's, it's basically everything that I would have wanted out of an incredible sequel. You know, it it does. It gives you more of that world. It, It, you know, opens it up, brings in more heroes, um, you know, explores that family dynamic a lot more, gives the kids a lot more to do. Um, and it's funny cause that time I got to the end of the movie, I wasn't really left with that same feeling of wanting a third movie. I mean, if they, if that whole team wants to do another one, I'd be fine with it. But I feel like this movie kind of gave me everything that I would have wanted for more of that universe. Yeah. And I feel pretty satisfied at the end of this movie. Like it's a pretty, you know, full, complete meal. And yeah, it's, it's thinking, I'll, thinking back on it. It's basically everything that you loved from the first movie, but more, you know? indeed, and uh, yeah, there, there's really other than you know maybe that the, the villain review, which even then is you know treated so kind of flippantly in the movie that it didn't really bother me. It didn't seem like it was a big thing to kind of to dote on. Um, yeah, this movie it's it's every bit as good as the first movie, you know, and I'd probably give it nine point five out of ten Jack Jack powers that we haven't even seen yet. Indeed, Bo. Um, yeah, no, I, I 
this completely lived up to uh, not even my expectations. This exceeded my expectations because I, I was maintaining a good stasis, which is just like, please let this stick to landing, and you know, don't don't embarrass me, Brad. Uh, but uh, yeah, the, this this lived up to the the first movie and, and even a little bit more. I I think it it really it it goes further in, in developing these characters in great ways. Uh, it it adds to the the world building that the first one. I mean, almost everything in this movie is a value add. That you know, my criticisms of it are niggling at best. It could you know, this series really kind of needs a Doctor Doom. Other than that, I, I can't really really done it for anything. Uh, you know, I do hope that if they if they do another one, that that you know we get away from the the bait and switch that we've been doing with the villain. Who was uh, the dynamic? Who voiced the villain in the first one? I can't uh, remember. Oh, uh, Jason Lee. Yeah. Right. Okay. So Eddie Izzard is available. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, you know, I and I I would you know I I definitely when I got out of those I'm just like I'm I was ready for the second and now I'm ready for the third. Uh, I would love to see them exploring the dynamic of this one was kind of a you know ha- was a big sequence of, of being an Elastigirl movie I would love to see something that focuses on Violet next and then Dash next as they get older uh, you know uh, there there's a there's a lot more to be seen in this universe I'm convinced and but this was this was a great glimpse into it and you know completely uh, you know in the tradition of the of the first movie Uh yeah, I give it. Uh, let's see. Um, yeah, you kind of took you, you took mine, and I did not <laughs> uh, I give it nine point five out of ten. Uh, raccoons. There you go. <laughs> you know, uh, one of the things that that has we have yet to say about this that I think is one of the things I'm most impressed by. And I will note that most of my favorite Pixar films also have this quality to some degree or another, is that this is almost more of a film for adults than it is for little kids. Mm. This discusses a lot of very adult themes throughout it. They talk in a very adult language at points. And it gets actually kind of deep even at moments. And I was like, this, you know, in in sort of a way that something like Inside Out did, you know, where it was like, wow, this is an adult movie with a kid's movie wrapped around it. And so is this one. And there are points I think the youngest of kids are going to be like, I don't understand what's happening right now. And that's fine, because in another 20 seconds, something's going to blow up. Somebody's going to do a cool superpower, and they'll be amused regardless. But for adults, you're going to come out of this going, wow, I really felt the intelligence and heart of this thing. And I kind of love it. I think this is one of Pixar's best films, and it's certainly now on my list of best sequels of all time. Oh, yeah. yeah you know, uh, I, I can't wait to go see this again. I can't wait for the Blu-ray in the hopes that they're going to put on another little short about The Incredibles with it. Because the actual short that came before it was like, what the fuck? <laughs> is this one with, it's with like a little, uh, uh, like a Asian kid who's making dumplings. Oh yeah. One of them comes to life. No, it's an Asian mom yeah. who's making dumplings. And yeah, it, well, yeah. it, it gets, an Asian kid is, it, it's basically like the, the Asian kid experience with a helicopter mom. Yeah. And you know, and, but, but done with the, the, the conceit that the, the kids, a, a dumpling that the mom has made. Yeah, and, and in 
weird imagery of cannibalism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, there's a moment you just go, what the fuck? Well, it's more, yeah, there's, there's some, there's some edible stuff in there. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's, it's very it, Freudian. It's not one of my favorite of the Pixar shorts, but it's uh, amusing. I, you know, I, I, I actually, uh, I liked it quite a bit just because it, 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 it was kind of balls out like, you know, hey, we're, we're calling you out. Overprotective moms. Right, very true. <laughs> but regardless, I give this movie 9.5 out of 10, uh, like, really cool portals. Because I want a portal gun so bad. <laughs> you know what? Pixar should do a portal movie. Why isn't there a Pixar portal movie? If anybody was going to adapt portal into a movie, it should yeah. be Pixar. They can do it. I, I mean, get Stephen Merchant back, you know. For, oh, man, I would kill to see that. <laughs> the humor is, like, built in there. 